Please welcome your hosts, Josh and Christina. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Traditionally Modern. Um, we are on episode six now, I think it is. It is episode six. Yeah, We're sorry. a little late this week. <laughs> yeah, we've been too busy not trying to murder each other because this is actually the longest Christina and I have spent together in a consecutive period of time. Oh, stop. You love it. <laughs> it's actually been an amazing weekend and week with you. So, But what we wanted to talk about in this episode was... What are some of the most common relationship killers we think people are dealing with in relationships? And mm-hmm. I think we, you know, we, what, we came up with four of them. There's a quite a long list that we could probably come up with, but we narrowed mm-hmm. it down to, I think, four common ones that we see in, you know, whether that be our relationships, our past relationships, or people that we talk to on the regular yeah, so the first one we want to talk about, and this one is near and dear to my heart, and I know it is for Christina too, but I'm a little more passionate about it, but I think the first relationship killer is lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, like, what, what what do you think, in your opinion, what does boundaries mean to you in a relationship? Well, I think boundaries is, you know, what you're okay with and what you're not okay with, and We've talked about this before. We lacked boundaries in our previous relationships, hence why they failed. Um, I can speak for myself when I say I never really had boundaries in my other relationships. You know, I had things that I was okay with and I wasn't okay with, but I never really Mm -hmm. expressed them because in my mind, if I were to say you can't do this or I I don't like you doing this, I would come off as jealous or Mm -hmm. controlling or insecure And I neglected to express what my boundaries were to my partners. Therefore, they would cross all my boundaries, which in turn made me just upset and anxious and not the best version of myself. But at that point, were they actually really boundaries? If you like, do you think your boundaries are your boundaries if you don't express those? That's a great question. I mean,. To your point, I I mean, no, they're not because right. I, I never told them my boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. But I was also taught that you can't have those boundaries because right. you're considered all of those things. Like right. I mentioned, you're controlling. Cr- yeah, you're exactly. Mm-hmm. So I never really expressed those boundaries because I didn't want to be a controlling girlfriend. I didn't want to yeah. come off as insecure. I didn't want to come off as jealous. So I would let them do all of those things, which in turn made me jealous and controlling (laughs) and crazy as you'd say because they're crossing all my boundaries they're walking all over me and i just feel like i was getting disrespected left and right yeah and (laughs) that's so true and i think this is where you and i really see eye to eye on this because i as well in my past relationships lacked boundaries right i didn't want to be that boyfriend who was controlling and insecure just like you didn't want to be that girlfriend who was controlling and insecure Mm -hmm. because you know you look at it, your boundaries, you're like, this stuff makes me uncomfortable. But everybody around me, everybody out there in the world and stuff says this is bad, says this isn't good, right? And so in my past relationships, I was conceptualized this idea of what the perfect man would look like, right? And perfect man is not controlling, not insecure. And so I would keep those things that otherwise would make me feel uncomfortable to myself 
until it got to the point where I bottled it up so much, then maybe months, maybe even years down the line, all of a sudden I like vomited it out and said, this is my boundary. And it's like, wait a minute, is it really my boundary? Because I just let that person get away with it for the last, you know, months, years, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Yeah. And very similar to, you know, a dog or children, you know, when you're training them or you're creating structure within your home Mm -hmm. and you, you create these rules and these boundaries and then all of a sudden you, you let them get away with it. It's very similar to, well, I don't understand. I I've done this before. I can, I've done this in the past. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you want to tell me I can't do this. Like a dog jumps on the couch. You let him do it the whole time. He's a puppy. All of a sudden he gets to be a big dog and you say, you can't be on the couch anymore. Right. Well, it's like, wait, what are you talking about? Or mm-hmm. vice versa. I, I mm-hmm. feel like it's very similar to the way that you express things to, you know, in your pet when you're training them or your children when you're creating structure just sh- for them growing up. Right. And I like to say that when it comes to boundaries and individual people, like your boundaries are your boundaries. It's what's your it's what you are OK with in your relationship, what you're not OK with, what you feel you need in a healthy relationship and there's nothing wrong with that no other person can tell you that's insecure or that's controlling mm-hmm. right and so i think what people struggle with is that they feel like their boundaries are weird or um maybe maybe even generalized to where they're not willing to express those just like we said and I, I I try my best to encourage people to set those boundaries up front. And, you know, like that's what you and I did at the beginning mm-hmm. of when we started talking. We set our boundaries and we continue to set those boundaries. But we're in such alignment with each other at this point that, you know, we don't really have to really tread those waters that, you know, we we're pretty in alignment with our boundaries. But I think more people need to express those boundaries right at the beginning right when they feel about it. So that way you guys are in alignment right out the gate. Yeah. And I think we can give an example here to everyone of a boundary that you have that you're very like passionate about. And you've expressed to me that I've never really had in my previous relationships, but I've learned to understand your views and respect them. And I think that's, you know, having guy friends. (laughs) And that's something that, you said from the beginning like hey not cool with it i don't think girls should have Mm -hmm. guy friends and you expressed your views Mm -hmm. and i told you i have guy friends like i have a lot of friends i went to high school with college with like that's just how i've always been like i've always just had very close guy friends and you were understanding of my views but i think where we've come to an agreement and compromise is I don't hang out with those guy friends one on one like I used to or may have, you know, Mm -hmm. go shoot the Mm -hmm. shit, grab lunch with them, whatever. It's usually in a setting out with a group of people or you're with me now. So now you are friends with my guy friends. Right. And if anything ever were to come up that I would think you would want to know about, Mm -hmm. I let you know, even if it's something minor. One of my guy friends I haven't talked to in a while. They reach out to me. I let you know, hey, my my buddy from so and so reached out. Mm Just letting you know, and you've become, even though it's a boundary of yours, you're comfortable with it because I'm including you in that and showing you like, hey, I have guy friends and you can trust me and and this is the dynamic, this is your relationship. 
and then I show you, okay, are you okay with this? And if you say no, then I handle it in a manner that you are okay with. Right. And, you know, it's so funny, this whole guy friend topic. If I had a dollar for how many times, because I preach about this a lot. I make a lot of videos about my views on guy friends when you're in a relationship. If I had a dollar for every time someone called me controlling or insecure or immature, I would be a millionaire right now and we'd be living the good life, you know, but I don't care what those people think because that's what makes me feel comfortable is having that boundary. That's, that's my boundary. And you know, that's, that's something I'm not okay with. And I have various reasons, very valid reasons as to why I'm not okay with it. But I think one thing, you know, when we kind of butted heads on this topic, before we kind of, you know, came to pure alignment with it is that my view or my depiction of a guy friend was different than yours. Mm -hmm. You know, you're more so like if you meet a guy that you, you know, had a couple classes with in college or whatever, he's immediately considered a guy friend. Right. I consider that like more of acquaintance than anything. Right. You know, and so when I think of guy friends, I think of you guys are hanging out together one-on-one. You guys are having sidebar conversations one-on-one, you know, like those things. Right, which isn't the case because I have guy friends like from college days where we, you know, we would all hang out with each other. They're some of my best friends. You know, we did family dinner nights every Sunday. We'd all go to church Mm -hmm. together. It was a group of us girls and guys. We'd all hung out. I haven't talked to some of these guys in years, Mm -hmm. but I still call them my guy friends. If I Mm -hmm. were to ever walk up to them or see them at a bar i would introduce you to them as hey this is my friend so-and-so right because that's just you know it's a past term and i just i mm -hmm. stick with that and i get that and you know (laughs) and that's you know the same goes for me like do i have girlfriends no that's one thing like i I just i don't have girlfriends you know and but if we were out in public and a girl who i knew from high school comes up to me is like hey how you doing josh and you're right next to me i'm gonna introduce you hey this is my friend so-and-so right right well that's the normal doesn't thing mean to do. i'm in consistent contact with them but or people just out don't introduce at, at, like no one says this is, this my, is acquaintance. my acquaintance <laughs> <laughs> hey uh this is my acquaintance emily emily meet christina right it's just <laughs> it's more so just a, a term it's a common term right. that everyone uses it's just a general right and, and yeah and it's just like you know you would tell me like oh you know my my best friends their boyfriends those are my guy friends i'm like those aren't your guy friends like those are like yeah they're your friends but like what i say when i'm talking to guy friends i'm talking about the guy best friend that every girl has right you yeah. know that that is the one guy that she always runs to when things get hard in her relationship right. or that relationship ends and next thing you know they're together like that's what i'm referring to right and so we came to an alignment on that we came to an understanding of that of that i guess vocabulary of what the, the, those truly means and so you know that was my boundary we talked about it right mm-hmm. and I just, I I knew that was my boundary. That was a hard boundary for me. I'm not going to be in a relationship if that is my, my perception of, you know, the guy friend relationship. If that's what's going on, that's not the relationship I want to be in. That's a hard boundary for me. We discussed that. And that's just one example of many boundaries Mm -hmm. that people have in a relationship. That's just an example of ours. But our overall point of this being a killer of relationships is people just lack boundaries. Mm-hmm. You don't express your needs. You don't express mm-hmm. your wants until it's too and, late. Right. And therefore you're letting your partner walk all over you without them even knowing they're doing it because you never said that. So 
that being said, set boundaries, you know, speak your truth, what you're okay with, what you're not, and voice that from the forefront of your dating life. Yeah, out the gate. Like, you know, you don't want to go a year down the line and be like, I am tired of her going It'll cause you to resent your partner after a while. Yeah, 100%. And that leads into number two. What is number two for our relationship killer? Assumptions. Assumptions. What about assumptions? Hmm. This this can be a really deep topic, but assumptions, always assuming or trying, even trying to read your partner's mind, right? But assuming your partner has a hidden agenda, mm-hmm. assuming things of what your partner's doing, um, assuming what they mean. I can um, give an example of this. So one thing that I think a lot of us assume is our partner is similar to a past past relationship Mm -hmm. past experience whatever the case may be and i can speak for myself and give the example of for example if me and you have gotten into a disagreement about something and you go quiet yeah i've learned that's your way of processing you've told me hey this is how i process like 20 times right (laughs) i'm still learning give me some grace um but My point being is my past relationship, when my ex went quiet, that was him shutting down. Mm -hmm. He would get cold. He would go quiet. And nine times out of ten, that would lead him to cheating, whether that be emotionally or physically. And now I correlate, you know, you shutting down and going quiet with he's going to go seek someone else. Mm -hmm. He's going to cheat. And it, it... stems this fear inside of me instills this fear inside of me because i'm now assuming that what you're doing is in direct correlation with my past and what i'm used to and what i've experienced and that's a perfect definition of an assumption and why you shouldn't do it because it's two different people with two different thought processes with two different intentions Mm -hmm. yeah i'm over here assuming that you are him and you're not right and yeah, and, you know, it took us some time to kind of get on the same page with that, you know, because, and this is where I was learning her, she was learning me, and I would get quiet, or I would kind of, you know, not take space, but, you know, maybe I wouldn't respond to that text right away, or, you know, I would say, hey, I just need to get off the phone for a minute, this, that, and the other, it would cause you to kind of shut down, right? Because of that perceived assumption from your past and so forth. And then I would come back to you. And I think some of those like um, feelings and emotions to that were still lingering. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would be in a better mood because I process it the way I know best, but we weren't in alignment to that. And so we had talked about it. We expressed it on several occasions and, you know, it's still a work in progress, but you know, we're definitely a lot better from then when we started because now, you know, you know, okay, you know, I'm in a safe place because Josh is not going to go and seek other women's attention or go out and cheat on me because we have a disagreement. He's processing his thoughts. And, um, you know, like if (laughs) you want me to like, like tell you right out the gate, like you want to solve the issue. And I'm like, sometimes I need just a minute to think. And it's always more, way more effective. You need five minutes. 
is it, it's going to be totally different my response or, or the way the direction i'm going to take the conversation than Not even if that. i were to turn off the gate like even a couple hours goes by mm-hmm. and like if i sit and wait it out and have patience because i know i can tend to be a little impatient when it comes to no. wanting to talk through things impatient <laughs> not you a little bit um but no if i do wait it out and now that i've learned that you know like I can always guarantee I'm going to get the best version of mm-hmm. you after because you always come to me with either a phone call or a text message in a good headspace mm-hmm. and you've thought it through and you're just very reassuring and loving and I end up getting the response I want if I can just wait and allow you to process what you need to process. So I think the biggest like takeaway from that one is just instead of assuming with your partner being able to just pause and maybe ask them like i think i had Mm -hmm. to do that with you like Mm -hmm. i had to be like hey like i noticed that you get quiet when we argue or have a disagreement like why is that Mm -hmm. how do you process things how do you handle arguments i think that's a really good way to you know stop letting that be a killer in your relationship is just ask instead of accusing and be like you do this or you do that and giving all these examples of what they're doing Mm -hmm. wrong Ask them why. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's where the communication piece comes into play, right? Mm -hmm. You know, having that good, healthy communication to be able to be open, honest, and vulnerable with your partner because that's how issues get solved as you talk about them, right? And hopefully you have two people who are emotionally aware enough to understand vulnerability and say, okay, they're being vulnerable with me right now and trying to communicate and you guys come in, come into an alignment with that. You know, I assume a lot as well, right? Because sometimes I can have this preconceived notion, like you always tell me, you know, I always make comments to you. I was like, you girls. And you always tell me, stop generalizing me. You know, I'm not going to be... I hate when you do that. <laughs> right. And you're like, I'm not these general girls, right? But that's my assumption, right? My assumption is that the outcome is going to be the same, is going to be the same as what I'm seeing, uh, you know, out in people I coach and my clients and, and, you know, my past as well, right? So, you know, it's those assumptions, right? And, you, you know, I think what I like to do is I look at you for who you are now, right? And the girl I know. The girl who's shown me love, who's shown me care, who has literally since day one has stood in front of my face and saying, Josh, I choose you. Like, look at what I'm doing to make this work. And sometimes I have to snap back to reality and and, and take that in and be like, man, you know what? She's right. Yeah. Only flying 1,200 miles once or twice a month. No big deal. Totally worth it. You are worth it. (laughs) So now we're at number three. What's the third relationship killer in our opinion? Drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) Criticism. Ooh, criticism. That's a good one. What about criticism? You don't do this. You don't do that. If you just did this differently, then it would make me feel better. Or if you did it this way, a better outcome would have happened. That's just a small example of what passive or criticism in general can look like in relationships and marriages critiquing your partner yeah constantly right why'd you do it this way or you didn't do this right right and it's just like putting them down honestly criticism is putting your partner down a hundred percent i think we all do that with our partners so i mean you know with criticism like what happened with 
uplifting your partner because i think I, I think at the beginning of relationships everybody does such an amazing job with uplifting their partner right and then you start to get comfortable with each other and the things that didn't annoy you in the beginning of the relationship now you're starting to see those things and you're starting to be like man i really hate when they do this mm. i really hate the way that they mm -hmm. handle these situations or I really hate this about them. Maybe hate's a strong word, but you or start I hate the way they do the dishes. Right. It's like little things you're like, you know, in the beginning of the relationship you're all put together, house is always clean, dishes are always done, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. everything's always taken care of and now you're starting to see all that comfortability is unfolding and now you're seeing their laziness might be coming through or the way they do things is, you know, starting to not be top notch like it was mm -hmm. in the beginning and mm -hmm. now you're starting to pick at those things but i think it's just i mean it even goes deeper than that is criticizing your partners almost essentially wanting to change them you know they don't mm. do this right or they're not at this level of work ethic i want mm -hmm. them to be at and now you want to change them but there's a difference between criticism and coaching and that's a good point when you're in a relationship, it's a partnership, your team. And I, that's how you have to look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in this together. We're working towards the same end goal. How can I help you and how can you help me? And I think right. so many people neglect to view it like that and they want to just change their partner. I want mm -hmm. you to be this person because this is the person I want to be with. This mm -hmm. is the person I envision myself with. Right. But at the end of the day, you go back to the person you committed to in the beginning it's like no i chose you for who you are for who is standing in front of me and now we're going to work on who we want to be together mm -hmm. we're going to get to our end goal together so i'm not going to push you down for what you're doing wrong but i'm going to push you forward to what you could do better yeah that that's great and i i don't think um you know let's not take away that if someone does display bad qualities that we can't talk about those, right? And we can't bring those up. But where did, at what point do, you know, there has to be a balance because where did we lose sight of actually talking to your partner, right? And, you know, there's a difference from criticism and constructive criticism. And it's just like when you're raising a child or you're, you know, maybe you manage someone at work or whatever and you're, you're a supervisor. Like, you're not going to go to that individual Everybody knows you're not going to go to that individual and say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, this, that, and the other, and this is how it makes me feel, and then you walk off. You know, you don't approach it that way, right? And I think if more people got back to the basics when it comes to that, to be able to sit there and say, you know, hey, I've noticed this. This is how it made me feel can we work on this or, or what can we do to make, you know, do things differently? Right. You know, some, such a common, easy, I mean, simple example is maybe someone doesn't do the dishes the way you do the dishes. Right. And you put them down and, and you're like, you know, well, you don't even do the dishes. So you know what, or you, you can't do the dishes. Right. So I'm just going to do them. Right. It's just like, how about just have a conversation with them? You know, and I mean, maybe that's a horrible example because I don't know. <laughs> the dish you always do dishes as an example, though, because uh, it's so you stupid. It is it's so stupid. stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, why do we argue? Why do why do people argue about the I dishes? Say, if you don't like your partner doing the dishes a certain way, then do them yourself. I don't really know how you could do the dishes wrong. Water spots. 
Okay. Some people don't like water it's spots. Aggressive, but okay. Absolutely. I was gonna say like, <laughs> if your partner, if your partner is like in a depressed state, maybe they're in this funk. Mm. You know, they're not motivated. They're not doing X, Y, Z, whatever the case may be. I think like a really good way to approach that is be like, what are you struggling with right now? Hmm. Like wh- what's going on? You want to talk about it? You want to discuss it? Like, I think instead of putting your partner down, be like, you're so lazy. All you're doing is sitting at home. You're playing video games. You're on your phone. You're scrolling through social media. You're not doing this. You're not helping me around the house. Like that's critiquing your partner. Mm-hmm. And, s- but what are you really trying to say? You're trying to express something and how you're feeling, sure. but in return, they weren't always like that. So what are they feeling? And I think it that's a really good point. Being able to just be like, hey, what's going on? Like ask the question, almost let them figure it out for themselves. They know why they're feeling down. They know why they're not as motivated. So talk to them about it. Nine times out of ten, people already have that mm-hmm. answer internally. We literally talked about this last week. It's called Socratic questioning. Right. right. And essentially, for those of you who don't know what Socratic questioning is, is that you may know the answer already, right? You may know the direction someone needs to go to, you know, get to a certain type of end goal, but you approach them and ask them a series of questions and take the lower stance to it and take the less intelligent stance, meaning you give this perception to them that you're trying to get answers to something you do not know, which will incline someone to help problem solve. And then when they come up with the answer on on their own, they're going to take more ownership of it, right? Rather than you come into that individual and say, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, right? Obviously, that's probably the things they need to do, but they're not going to really want to take that direction the way you delivered it because it didn't come from themselves. They don't feel like they, you know, developed that own thought process or that own root cause on their own. Well, it's like that saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people have to want it for themselves. Like an addict, they're not going to, g- you can't force them into rehab. An addict has to want to get clean themselves. They have to want to be better themselves. Right. People have to want to seek he- therapy and help to better themselves. You can't force someone who doesn't want help. Right. At the end of the day, someone who doesn't want to help themselves, you can't help them. I think another good question to ask is, would you be open to hearing my advice? Would you be open to hearing mm. how I would handle the situation mm. instead of me critiquing you and how you handle a situation? You know, for example, like I know we've run into this. Maybe you're doing something with the kids. And I think maybe last week I you were doing something. It wasn't working out. And I, mm. I was like, hey, this is how, you know, would you be open to hearing how I might handle the mm-hmm. situation or how my mom or how someone I know has mm-hmm. dealt with this in the past? And I think you're just like, yeah, like, what do you got? Because I think that is a way to show you, like, I just just want to help you. I'm not trying to say you're doing a bad job. I just want to be able to make the situation better. And And you were very open to it and receptive. And you're like, yeah, I'm open. What do you got? And I think I think more people are receptive to that type of approach is because it gives them more sense of control. Mm -hmm. Right. You have have a choice now if you want to take that advice or not. Right. And now it's on me. Right. Right. Now it's like I have a choice whether I want to hear this advice or not. Exactly. So I have control of the situation. And yeah, you know what? I do want to hear your advice because now I feel like I have the leverage. Mm -hmm. Right. This is I mean, we're talking psychology now, you know, 
and it sounds manipulative, but it's not. It's just the way the human mind works. And that's a much better approach. And I say this all the time. A lot of people who come to me and that are critical of me or critique me have a lot of good advice, but it's the way they deliver it. Delivery is everything. Absolutely. So we talked about boundaries. We talked about assumptions. And we talked about criticism. What is golden number four? Golden number four is going to be comparison. Ooh. Like comparison to your mama, your daddy. Comparison to anything you can compare your relationship to that is not your relationship. How much time do we have left? I don't think we have enough time for, for oh, I comparison. Mean, no, we, we got time. We'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll make this short and sweet, but I think it's pretty obvious what we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Comparison's a thief. At the end of mm-hmm. the day, we compare on social media, we compare in real life, we compare in our jobs, in our workplace, in our relationships. And what we're talking about here is relationships. So what do we compare in our relationships? What is the big comparison that couples tend to compare their relationship to others? We do that a lot through social media or looking mm-hmm. at our friends. And I think the biggest killer is seeing on social media so-and-so just got engaged or you know they're having a baby or they're going away for their two-year anniversary to cabo or they're taking monthly trips or they're having these date nights or he bought her this purse and she bought him like it's completely it's it's just all comparison right day it's all who did what who is doing better and why don't we have that instead of sitting in a relationship mm-hmm. and thinking of like what what do we have right why what are you, are we what are you grateful for right. that you have now and that's what you should be looking at i right. think this comes down to people thinking well they have this and they mm-hmm. have that and now you're comparing and now you're thinking that's what you want you're forgetting the relationship you're in and why you're in it and here we are thinking the grass is greener on the other side mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, we called it golden number four because I truly feel that comparison is cancer to a relationship because a lot of people live their lives secondary through social media, Mm -hmm. right? And what do we know about social media? It's fake. It only displays... Fake news. (laughs) Fake news. (laughs) It only displays the best parts of people's lives. Yeah, no one's putting up there their arguments. No one is putting up their all of the bad times mm-hmm. they're having like mm-hmm. yeah they may have just got engaged but the day before that they might have just had a blow up argument mm-hmm. that you don't even know about yeah, and absolutely. they may be on vacation in cabo but they may have had the worst time together while they're there but they're only posting their pictures on the beach together uh, drinking margaritas 100 percent, or that nice you know birthday gift they got or whatever that was a i'm sorry gift for you know cheating on them 100 like, percent. And, and we don't know that right we just look at the fancy dazzling thing and then we crave that and we're wondering why we're not getting that in our relationship well it's coming back to reality and living in your relationship in the presence of your relationship Mm -hmm. and not in other people's relationships when you're looking at that and and we can sit there and say well oh i don't compare my other relationships i'm telling you right now when you're scrolling through social media you're seeing that you're comparing that like you're, you're you're comparing the cute posts that someone's having that someone posts about their boyfriend or their girlfriend or something like that and be like, mm, I wish my boyfriend would do that or I wish my girlfriend would do that. I've heard that so many times. I mean, I know you and I post like a lot of cute shit mm-hmm. and it, 
I just do that because I love showing you off. I know. I love showing you off, too. <laughs> and our stuff is real. Like, it's not like we're sitting here arguing. We're like, we're just going to post right. each other. I mean, other. I may, like, like if, if you see a picture of us at the beach, I may have threw her in a head, headlock right before then. Probably but, did. You know. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, it is. We, we do post genuine stuff, and, and that's one thing I value about our relationship because I can't say the same for my past relationships. But. Right. I will say I've had friends say to me like, oh, my God, you guys do the cutest date nights. Mm-hmm. I wish my boyfriend did that for me. Why does my boyfriend do that for me? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's true. And they're comparing. And it's like you're, you know, but he, but what about the things he does do for you? Right, right. And the things that he has done for you. Like, yeah, he may not be Josh. Right. He may not do the things Josh does, but Josh is Josh. Right. And, you know, our relationship is our relationship. Exactly. And that's what makes it special. And we know each other's love languages. Right. right? And that we're, we're aware to that. And, you know. I know your love language is all five of them, but (laughs) (laughs) in order, (laughs) literally, but a big one for you is quality time, right? Mm -hmm. So what does quality time look like? And you know, it's, it's honestly, it's very easy to show you love in my relationship, in our relationship, because it's the simple date nights. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's sitting here doing this podcast together, right? I, I'll admit sometimes I might have a social media addiction, but I don't have a social media addiction. I have an addiction to creating content, but that's neither here nor there. But (laughs) I am very mindful about being on my phone when I'm with you. You are. You know, and, you know, it's very easy for me to, as I, you know, stuff's done around the house, you know, jump on the couch, whatever, scroll through TikTok. As soon as you enter the room, I put my phone down. I will say, yeah, you do that. You know, and, and, and that's just, it. and, you know, I just, I, I don't want to get drop kicked, but <laughs> y- I mean. <laughs> we don't talk about that on the podcast. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> we're, we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and you know, so it, it, it's, you know, going back to the whole root of comparison, you know, I think another factor is um, we can, you know, talk about comparison with social media, but I think that's common sense i think a lot of people know that but i think a big factor is comparing your relationship to the relationship you have with your mother or your father or your or the relationship your parents had together Mm -hmm. you know i i think this isn't talked about enough right and i think a lot of people will you know be raised in a certain type of household maybe that it's a very traditional household right where the mother does this that and the the other right and they get into a relationship with more of a modern day woman and they, you know, start comparing that person to their mother. Well, my mom used to do this. My mom used to do that for my dad. Why aren't you doing this? And that right there will put someone in a position of complete avoidance because now they're like, I'm not your mom. OK, you know, I'm who I am. Right. And it's a it's a passive aggressive way to relay a message to your partner. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think when you relay that kind of message to your partner, it almost kind of leads back into our other point about criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, you you relay that kind of message, you're putting your partner down, almost saying like you're not good enough. Right. And you know, well, oh, so-and-so just got married. They've only been together for a year. Right. And okay, well, we've been together for three years. What are you, what are you saying with that message to your partner? Right you know do better (laughs) right exactly and when you look at criticism how about instead of looking at criticism as to what this couple's doing or what what that couple's not doing this that and the other look at it as how can we create the relationship that we want 
Right, and it's like that quote, I'm sure everyone's seen it on social media, I don't really know it off the top of my head, but it's like what one person does at 20, another person's doing at 30. Like, Mm -hmm. it's that one that's comparing, like, ages. Mm -hmm. And basically, the moral of that quote is to not compare where you're at in life. Because one person's success at 25 can be one one person's success at 45. Right. And we're all on different paths. Mm-hmm. We all have a different timeline for ourselves. And we all have something that, you know, our end goal is going to look different from everyone else's. And you can't compare your relationship with where you're at now, you know, to where everyone else is at. Because just because so-and-so had their kids at this age or got married at that age or had their dream job at this age doesn't mean that you're not going to attain that. It just means your timeline's different. Right. And I think people get so caught up in that moment of I need to they be think here. they're in a race. Right. We look at we look at it as a sprint like life's a marathon. Mm-hmm. Life is not a sprint. And if you just and relationships are not a sprint, they are not. And I think it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to look at your relationship and be like, this is, you know, this is where I'm at. This is where we're at in a relationship. And I think we all want that instant gratification Mm -hmm. that we forget to just slow down and be grateful for where we're at right now. Right. And look at the journey. Appreciate the journey. And it, because it's beautiful and and we want to speed up this process, but for what? Right. Like where we're at right now is great. Right. And we're only continuing to grow and to build and to learn each other. And there's no reason to rush it. Right. I mean, it's just like you and I, like we would love to be able to move in together. Right. And, you know, do we go on social media and do we compare, you know, the families who are going to the pumpkin patches or doing all this, that and the other? No, we don't. We understand the dynamic that we're in. We understand the trajectory that we're following and we know that we're going to reach our goals at the end of the day. And that's what we stick to. Mm -hmm. And I think honestly, like obviously being long distance is tough, but I also see it as really beautiful because it allows us to take all of all of this in and be Mm -hmm. grateful for where we are at because had i lived down the road for you we probably would have moved in together with like three months of dating like no doubt about it Mm -hmm. but my bags packed and everything rolling up in the (laughs) make room (laughs) (laughs) literally but i mean being long distance it's it's forced us to move slower than normally Mm -hmm. we both would and i think it's it's allowed us to hold so much more space and gratitude mm-hmm. for one another that we're appreciating the small steps. Right. And it, and you know how that ties into comparison is that we would be foolish to compare ourselves to other relationships. We're totally unique. Our relationship is unique. Every relationship is unique. Yeah. So harness that, mm-hmm. make it unique and live in that. I agree. 